0: Hi, I'm Pastor Robbie Barrett, and I want to take this time to thank you for taking time out of your busy day to listen to a life-changing word from God. And I pray that as you listen to these podcasts, that it will shape your way of thinking, and that you will be walking in the fullness of what God has for you. Now, a little recap for last week. So we learned that it's not just about what we say, is it? But it's the the force behind what we're saying. And that force has to be what? Faith. It has to be faith. So that means that whatever word comes out of my mouth, if there's not faith behind it, it's not going to do anything. So that's what we learned last week. It's not just you can have what you say. You can have what you believe that you say. So I want to make that clear. Now we also learned last week on what? that what faith words are going to be behind words that are in what? Abundance in our life. So real simply, if we feel ourselves in abundance with the things of God, then guess what? We're going to have come out of our mouth the things of God. But if we feel ourselves in abundance with the things of the world and how the world talks, then guess what? That's exactly what is going to come out of our mouths. Luke 6.45, look at what Jesus said. He said, a good man of the good treasures of his heart brings forth what? That which is good. An evil man out of the evil treasures of his heart brings forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart, what? The mouth speaketh. So is that just a sometime thing or is that a rule? That's a rule, isn't it? If Jesus said, whatever's in your heart is going to come out of your mouth, then guess what? Whatever's in your heart is going to come out of your mouth. So we need to pay attention to that. So again, it's faith-filled words. It's not just having whatever comes out of your mouth, but it's faith-filled words. Now, real quickly, how many remembers last week? Uh, where does faith come from? The head or here? The heart, Right? That's where faith comes. If you're trying to intellectually figure out what God is doing in your life, you're going to fry your brain. Because it's beyond what you can comprehend. It's beyond what you can create to try to do it. I guarantee you everything that God has promised you, it has been above what you could accomplish on your own. Amen? So there's, it is absolutely a waste of time to try to figure things out with this intellectual mind. Now God will reveal His secrets where? Here, out of our spirit, right? He said, who can know the mind of God? But we have the mind of Christ. What's that talking about? That is talking about in our heart. So faith comes from our heart. Amen? Now let's go to Mark 11, 12-14. Let's read this right here. It says, And on the morrow, when they were coming from Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Next verse. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, He came, (coughs) if happily He might find anything thereon. And when He came to it, He found what? Nothing but leaves. Is that God's design? No. God's design was for what? That fig tree to produce what? Fruit. Amen? Amen. Alright, so he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. Go to the next verse. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever, And and his disciples heard it. Okay, so Jesus, now let's look at what Jesus did because today is part two of Out of Abundance. And if you want to title this, you can can entitle it Saying is Believing. Say that with me Saying is Believing. Saying is Believing. Now, what did Jesus do about this situation? He said what he believed. I I want to make that clear before I go any further. He said what he believed. Now, what did he do? He spoke to the situation. He spoke to the the circumstance. Why did he speak to it? Because it was not in line with the will of God. He needed something to sustain him. Amen? To do what? So that he can continue the will of God, and the fig tree was not producing. So what did He do? He spoke to the circumstance. He spoke to the fig tree. Now, here's the question I want to ask you today. Did He speak out of a fit of anger? Or as we call it today, hangry. Right? You ever seen those, uh, I believe it's Snickers commercials? Somebody's all mad and and angry and bitter. He said, you need a Snickers. And they're saying, what? And And as soon as they eat it, they're all good. Okay? So was it out of a fit of anger that he spoke to the tree? No. I'm I'm getting ready to show you something. Was it just out of emotion that he spoke to this tree? You know, sometimes we're working on something and it doesn't go like we, we want it to. And what do we do? We start speaking to it, don't we? But we're usually speaking to it out of a fit of anger or some type of emotion. But we learned last week and I'm going to say it again, is that Jesus spoke what? He said, I say what my Father says. So whatever Jesus spoke was what? Faith-filled words. Say that with me, faith-filled words. So He spoke faith-filled words. So in other words, He was not speaking out of an emotion or out of a fit of anger because He was looking for some fruit and didn't find it. No, He was speaking faith-filled words. And what happened? He had what He what? Said. Or should I say, He got what He said. See, what we're learning today is how to make our words powerful. We're learning how to make our words effective. Amen? Because before I go any further, you've got to understand that the first origin of words was not for communication. We've made it that. That's why we say anything and everything, whatever we feel, whatever's just at the spur of the moment, we speak it because we think that words are simply just for to communicate something, to communicate how I feel, to communicate what I think about this or whatever. That is a second form or plan of words. The first origin or the creation of words is for what? To create something. Now, if you notice something, all you got to do for an example is just look at God Himself. If you want to look from Genesis to Revelation, does God speak just to speak? No, He doesn't. He does not speak just to speak, does He? But we know that when He speaks, something happens, right? Because God has intended that words be spoke primarily as what? Creating things... And then secondly, communicating. Yeah, does God communicate with us? Does He fellowship with us? Absolutely. But His highest priority of words is to create something. Now, what was Jesus doing right here? Jesus spoke to something. And and watch this. We think that you can't speak to something logically. On a logical standpoint, you can't speak to something that can't speak back to you. Now, most of us, now what I'm saying is, is that most of us are not gonna go out here and talk to a tree, right? Most of us are not gonna to talk to a circumstance or something like that. But I'm here to tell you today that that's exactly what you need to be doing. You, in other words, you need to be speaking to whatever it is in your life that is not, align, that is not in alignment with God, whatever it is. Your finances, your, your body, your, your kids, your marriage, whatever it is, you need to speak to that thing. Why? Because what Jesus showed you was is that there was a force behind what you could see. Oh, I'm going to say that one more time. There was an unseen force behind something that you can see. See, every one of us right now, you can look at different areas in your life and you can see things that are not in alignment. But I'm here to tell you today that there are unseen forces behind the things that you're seeing. Are y'all listening to me? So that's why in Hebrews 11:3, the Bible says that faith, which is unseen, created things which are what? Seen. He said God used faith to create the worlds. Words of faith. He used the Word of God. He spoke it into existence. So when Jesus was speaking to the fig tree, was He just speaking to the tree itself? No, no, no. He was speaking <clears throat> to the force behind the reason that the tree wasn't doing what it was supposed to do. Are you all listening to what I'm saying? So I need you to tell you today, it's not the fact that we're, we're speaking to the bills or we're speaking to our body. It's not just that on what we're seeing, but we're speaking to things which we can't see. I'm going to tell you today that there's an unseen force behind the sickness in your body. There's an unseen force behind your, your financial troubles. How many knows what that force is? It's something demonic, isn't it? The enemy's out to destroy you. He's out to wipe you out. So Jesus spoke to it. Now go to Mark eleven twenty. Mark eleven twenty. Now look at this right here. <clears throat> it said, so in the morning. So let's stop right there. Did it happen? Could you see immediate evidence in the physical that what Jesus said was going to come to pass? No, it's all right. Say it. No, because the Bible says that there was no evidence till when the next morning. I said I'll touch on this last week. Don't get discouraged by speaking and declaring. and you're not, you may not be seeing things yet change in the physical because something is happening in the spiritual realm that you can't see yet. See, the moment that Jesus spoke to that tree, there was something taking place in the spiritual realm. Even though you may not have seen any evidence whatsoever yet in the physical, something was taking place. And we know, watch this. We know that this is how things operate. What happens in the spiritual runs over into the natural. It always does. God does it. God works where in the spirit. He don't work in the natural. He works in the spirit. What happens, what he does in the spirit runs over into the natural. Come on somebody. Simply put, you were healed 2,000 years ago spiritually. Your body, it may take you till tomorrow for it to get the revelation. So it's spiritual, runs over into the natural. So Jesus, you would never seen any evidence until when? The next morning. So in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree, what? Dried up from the roots. Which is exactly what Jesus said. Somebody say, you shall have what you say. And Peter, calling to remembrance, said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which you cursed, or in other words, which you spoke to, is withered away. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Have faith in God. In other words, have the faith of God. That's what the original text says. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, now what's he calling a mountain? Was the fig tree the mountain? Yes, because it was standing in the way of what? The will of God. So whatever it is that's in your life right now that is trying to hinder God's will in your life, you're to do what? Speak to it. It is considered a mountain unto God. All right. So saying to this mountain, Be thou removed, be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have what? Whatsoever he says. Now, what makes you think you can have what you say? Because Jesus said I could. I didn't say this. Who said it? Jesus. He said, You shall have whatsoever you say. Verse 24. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever you desire, when you what? Pray. Believe that you receive them and you shall what? Have them. Okay, so let's look at this right now. So Jesus said, so they asked Him a question. They said, how? Notice this. They marveled at this. Hey, what you spoke come to pass. How did it do that? Now notice what Jesus said. He did not say, well, I'm Jesus. That's how it come to pass. And that's what the religious world says today, isn't it? Well, of course it came to pass. He's Jesus. He's God in the flesh. Of course, whatever He says, but that doesn't mean it works for us. Well, hold on a minute. Now, what did Jesus say? He didn't say that, did He? He didn't didn't look at them and say, Hey, I'm Jesus. This is what happens for me. No, this is what He said. Watch this. He said, I did this to the fig tree... And I had, why? Because I had faith of God. The faith of God was in me. I'm gonna tell you the formula now. Are you listening? The faith of God was in me, and faith subdues anything that's not like God. So let me stop right there. If you truly have faith, in other words, if God's faith is working on the inside of you, you are not going to look around in your life and things that, are, that, that the enemy's doing, and things that are not in alignment with God's will, you're not going to look at them and just say, well, oh, okay, and go about your business. You're not going to do that. You're not going to look at your body and say, well, you know, sickness comes and it goes. You're not going to look at your finances and say, well, you know, you never know what's going to happen. You're not going to do those things. Jesus made a statement here. He said, you, when you have the faith of God, I didn't say the faith of the world, I said the faith of God in you, when you have that in you, you're going to do something about it. Jesus could have said, okay, well I'll go on to the next tree. He didn't do that, did He? He spoke to the, the tree, why? Because it was not in alignment. So, God is, or Jesus is saying, when you have the faith of God in you, you're going to speak to your body that's not in line. You're going to speak to your kids that's acting up. You're going to speak to this, your marriage that's not the way it's supposed to be. You're going to speak to these things. Okay, so watch this. He said, so the faith of God that was in me caused me to say something. And watch this. He said, I believed in abundance and it caused me to speak. So in other words, was was this just a spur-of-the-moment thing that Jesus said? That's, That's what I want to ask you. Because a lot of people think that, yes, it is. But was it? No. Let me tell you why. Because we learned last week, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks faith filled words so for Jesus to speak these words of faith to the fig tree it, had already, it would have already been in what? in abundance in his heart so see we're learning something because he's showing us now watch he's showing us how to do what he did how many wants to learn to do what Jesus did absolutely why because it worked for him if it worked for him, I want it to work for me. All right, so he said, I believed in abundance and it caused me to speak faith filled words. And just as faith filled words created the worlds, Hebrews eleven three, 3, Jesus was saying, faith filled words will create things when? Now. That's what he's saying right there in Mark. Uh, go back to the 23. That's exactly what he's saying right there. He's saying, if you speak faith-filled words, if, in other words, if you believe what you say will come to pass, he said, you'll have exactly what you've spoken. Just as it was in Hebrews 11.3, when God created the what? The worlds. God believed that He would have what He said, so He spoke faith-filled words, and here we are. Amen? And Jesus said it's the same formula now. He says, You speak what has been in abundance. So, what, what do we have to make sure is in abundance in us? The things of God. You can't fill your, your heart with all kinds of trash all week long, none of the word, none in prayer, none in uh, worship and spending time with God, and expect to speak words of faith. It's not going to happen, right? Because he said, he made a rule. He said, out of the abundance of the heart. He didn't say, out of little of the heart. Out of the uh, what? Overflow, too much, excess. That's what that word means. All right. so he said that to them. Again, I'm going to say it right now. Notice he did not say to them that, uh, he didn't say, I'm God, and whatever I say just happens. He didn't say that. So if we want the results that Jesus had, then we've got to do what Jesus did. Is that right? So what did He do? Recap. He had an abundance of His heart, faith-filled words, right? It caused Him to say something. He had to speak to it. And I'm telling you, when you're full of faith, you have to speak to those things the enemy's trying to attack in your life. You can't help it. It comes out of your mouth. He spoke it. He did what? Those words of faith created. And what did you see the the fruits of it? A fig tree dried up. Amen? Now, let's go on. All right. So now, now notice what he says right here. He says, if you speak these things, but you don't doubt in your heart. That word doubt is diacrino, which means this to hesitate or to have variance are to waver. Now, what's this? Where's all this taking place? That's what we got to see. So Jesus said you can't waver, you can't have variance, meaning you're going from one thing to the next. You can't be hesitant. Well, I I don't know if this will work or not. I don't know if I want to jump out on this. You can't have that. But where's He talking about? Where's all this taking place? Is it taking place here? How many knows, watch this, how many knows that I can have uh, thoughts of doubt come in, but that doesn't change anything? Come on. It's if I let it get to here. How many knows the enemy's going to send thoughts of doubt? Absolutely. He's going to send those thoughts. But the Bible told us what to do with those things, did He? He said, cast them down. Take every thought and imagination, what? Captive and make it obey, what? Christ which is the Word of God. Alright, so watch this. Where's all this wavering and all this uh, hesitation? Where's it taking place at? Here? No. Where's it taking place? Your heart. Your inward man. Now see, that's significant because watch this. What's going to be in your heart? Whatever you put there. Amen? Amen? Does something just happen to pop up in your heart? No. Whatever is in your heart, you've allowed it to do what? To come in. Now, will thoughts just pop in your head? Yeah, they will. But you take care of them there. But when it comes to your heart, where faith comes out, I don't want to preach this today, I want to teach this. When, when it comes to your heart... It's all about what you put in. That's why Proverbs says, He said, above everything else, with all diligence, guard your what? Heart. You guard it. You allow Watch this. You watch what comes in and what doesn't come in. So Jesus said, watch this. He said, somebody who speaks and it's not working for them is somebody who's filled with some faith, now watch this, but they're also filled with other things in their heart. So, I want you to say this word with me, ratio. Now what is ratio? It is the percentage of what is, uh, what is in capacity in you, right? So watch this. I may have one ratio of faith in my heart, But I've also allowed this doubt and unbelief to come in over here too. So even though, watch this, even though they might be equal, the Bible says that what is in excess is going to come out. So watch this, even if I've got some faith in me, and just about everybody does, don't they? They've got a little bit of faith in them. But if I'm bringing up more things of doubt, things of unbelief, what's going to come out? Things of faith? No. What's going to come out? Things of doubt. So Jesus is saying this right here. He's saying, you'll say it one moment. Oh, y'all getting this now. You'll say uh, something of faith one moment, but what will happen? You'll get in excess of doubt, and then you'll say something of what? Doubt. Now watch this. Can I say I'm going to have this water?" and then say, "I'm not going to have this water, and then get the water?" No. Why? Because my last statement did what? It canceled out. It set a new course on that. So if, watch this. If I come into church and I just say, I just want to praise the Lord, I'm healed. And then I go a day or two and then I talk about how bad I feel and how I'm not getting better and all this other stuff. Am I going to receive? No. Why? Because I did what? I doubted in my heart. How do I know I doubted in my heart? I said it. For out of what, what comes out of my mouth? What's here? Amen? So this is what people do. They'll come into church. I wish I had another demonstration. I, they'll come into church and they'll get some faith in them. And they'll, you know, they'll be excited and they'll be ready to believe God and all this other stuff. But then as soon as they get out they begin to immediately fill themselves with doubt and unbelief. Things of doubt, things of hesitation, things of wavering. And then they begin to cancel out. Why? Because they begin to speak these things of how they feel and what is and all this other stuff. And they cancel it out. So, simply put, once Jesus spoke to that fig tree, He did not go around saying, Man, I wonder if that worked. I believe I should go back and check and see if that worked or not. You know, because my reputation's on the line. They're expecting that whatever I say to come to pass. Did He do that? No. Because what did we learn last week? God creates the fruit of our what? Lips. He does the creating. Amen? All right. Now go to verse 24. Now it says, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire. Who desires? You. When you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So we should read this like this. Whatsoever we desire when we pray, what do you do when you pray? You speak. Right? We uh, we speak. Alright, so then what? What? Believe that you have received it. What's that word receive mean? To lay hold of it. Believe that as soon as you have spoken, as soon as you've released those faith-filled words, you have now possessed what you wanted. Right then and there. When it manifests, no, that's not what he said. He said, as soon as you speak it. All right. then what happens? He said, what you have said or believe that you lay hold of what you have said, and it exists. That little phrase right there, you shall have them, in the Greek, it says, they are. So in other words, the same phrase that Jesus used for I am, which means I exist, is the same phrase that he uses right here. So in other words, Jesus said, when you speak faith-filled words, I don't care whatever it is you say, as long as there's faith behind it, he says it exists the moment that you speak it. Woo, Jesus. Jesus. So, watch this. You're not trying to believe something that's make-believe and that will one day hope you hope it comes to pass. Whatever it is that you prayed for, whatever it is that you declared, you've got to know right now that it already exists. The moment you released faith on it, it existed. My God, that's good. I didn't say this. That's what Jesus said. He said, when you pray for something... When you speak faith-filled words and you believe that you have what you say, just like I do, He said it exists the moment that you release that faith on it. Whoo, glory. Psalms 39.1. Now look at this right here, Psalms 39.1. He said, I said it will take heed to my ways. I will take heed to my ways that I sin not with my tongue. I will keep my mouth with a bridle, while the wicked is before me. Okay, now, so now that we've learned the power of words, that words literally are the foundation of everything that comes forth in our life, so now that we realize that, watch this right here. Words are building material that God uses to pave your future. I'm going to say it again. Your words are the building material that God uses to pave the road to your future. I promise you right now, as sure as I'm standing up here in a yellow tie, that I know exactly where you're going by how you talk. I promise you. That's the power of words that I don't care what you believe in here today, no matter if you you think this is crazy or not, you are literally on your way to the end of the direction that you've been speaking. Now, that could be good, but that could also be what? Bad. It could be terrible. So watch. As we mature in Christ, as we grow up, what should we be doing? So in other words, if you've been in this for a while, if you just got saved, I'm not talking to you. But if you've been saved for a while, as you grow up in Christ, what should we be doing? We should be watching what we say. Now when you first get saved, yeah, you're going to say things that, that are contrary to the Word of God. You're going to say that you're still... Why? Because you're still getting the old you out under subjection to the new you. Right? Old things are passing away and all things are becoming new. Sometimes that's a process. But you ought to come to the place where you're what? He said, I am guarding my mouth. I'm not just letting anything come out of my mouth. He said, but I've come to the place where I'm watching what I say. See, as time goes on and you grow up in Christ, you're going to start cutting phrases that have no uh, benefit whatsoever. At a show of hands, how many people are interested in doing things that do not benefit whatsoever? Nobody? I don't care what it is you do in life, there's a benefit to it. And it may not always have to benefit you. Don't misunderstand me. You could be benefiting somebody else, but there is a benefit, right? Well, watch this though. Jesus said there are some words that are not profitable. Idle words, right? They have no profit whatsoever. How many is interested in going to work tomorrow and not getting paid? No. Why? Because you believe that there should be profit to something you do, right? Well, so many many people though, they don't see it that way with their words. Paul said, I have the freedom to do anything... He said, but not everything is profitable unto me. Is that what he said? He said, not everything. See, I have the freedom to use this mouth to say whatever I want to say. And some people today, they've took that freedom to the extreme. And they just think whatever they feel like saying, they just need to say it. No. But he said, not everything is profitable. See, as you grow up in Christ, you start cutting out little phrases like, you scared me to death, or this is killing me, or this is driving me crazy. Why? Because those words are not profitable. But watch this. Let's go a little deeper though. He said, I'm guarding my mouth. Why? Because evil is what? Present. Now, what kind of world are we living in today? A good world? A holy world? No. What kind of world are we living in today? An evil world. Who's who's governed by what? The devil. Who is the what? The wicked one. The evil one. All right? So watch this. So the psalmist said, I am guarding my mouth because the evil one or the wicked one is what? Listening. I said this a few months back, and I'm going to say it again, that Satan is a legalist. He knows what the law says. Now, when I say law, I'm talking about this law right here. He knows what the rules that God has set up. He knows that God has given you power to have what you say. So what's he going to spend his time doing? Trying to get you to say something that he can work with. Right? Right? That's exactly what he's going to be doing. And if you're not somebody who knows the power of their words, and you're not guarding your mouth, and you're just letting anything and everything just fly out of your mouth, what's going to happen? You're going to give him plenty of stuff to work with. So I'm going to tell you right now that 90% 90% of the time, not every single time, but 90% of the time, whatever area the enemy is working in your life, I guarantee you that you're giving him access by this right here. Oh, I just worry all the time. I just worry all the time. I just can't help it. My mama worried, my daddy worried, and I'm just a worry. I just worry all the time. And I don't know why I, <clears throat> the stuff is so... Uh, I have so much anxiety. Well, gee, I wonder... You see what I'm saying? You're giving stuff for the enemy to work with in your life. And watch this. You may not think all these little words and phrases and stuff, they don't mean anything, but Satan is a legalist. That means he's he's not going to cut you any corner. He's going to hold you right to the Word. Watch this right here. If he held Jesus right to the Word, what makes you think he's not going to hold you to it? Come on, somebody. Talk to me. Jesus combated him with words. What did Satan do? He said, okay, I got words too. I know the law too. So you've got to understand something that you've got to put a watch over what? Your mouth. Now how do you do that? The most effective way is not just going around saying, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. No, no that's not going to work. The, the most effective way to do that is to do what? Quit letting it in here. Amen? And I'm going to show you some more evidence of that here in just a minute for you to really get what I'm talking about. So somebody who grows up in Christ is now maturing in their speech. They're not using this just meaningless phrases. Now, if you hang out with me or whatever, you're you're going to hear me speak words of faith. You're not going to hear me just, I'm learning just as you are. I'm progressing just as you are. But I've come to the place where I pay attention and I'm watching what's coming out of my mouth. Why? Because I've got an enemy that's just itching for me to say some stuff that he can work with. Amen. Whew, glory. I'm telling you, you better get this today. All right. So Isaiah 57, 19. Let's go back. We we read this last week. God says, I create the fruit of your lips. I create it. I just don't know, Pastor Robbie, if I can have what I say. That just sounds too easy. I, or I don't know how I can create something just by the words of my mouth. God creates it. All He needs you to do, watch this, He needs you to speak it. How many received prophecies in this church? You know what God needs you to do? He needs you to speak those prophecies. He needs you to say if he gives you a prophecy, hey, you are healed. Don't go around talking about how sick you are. Don't do that. You're canceling out everything God's trying to do. If God if you come up here today and God gives you a prophecy, I'm healing your body. I'm reversing the report. Bless God, that's all that needs to come out of your mouth. If He said, watch it, if He said, you are prosperous, that's all that needs to come out of your mouth. Not, I better watch money, not, "But things are getting tight, none of that. I'm blessed, I'm proud, the blessing of the Lord has made me rich. What are you doing? You're giving something for God to what? Use to create. Amen? How many knows where they want to go? Do you know where you want to go in life? Well, I'm telling you right now, if you know where you want to go, you better start lining your mouth up with where you want to go. Because you can't go in one direction and your mouth go in another direction. Now, Numbers 14. So God creates the fruit of our mouth. Now go to Numbers 14, 27. This is God's Word translation. God says, how long must I put up with this wicked community? He's talking about the Israelites. That keeps complaining about me. I've heard the complaints of the Israelites and they are that they are making about me. So tell them, as long as I live, declares the Lord, I solemnly swear. Now that's big, isn't it? When you get God to swearing by his name, you better listen up. I solemnly swear. Read this with me. Come on, help me. I will do what? Everything. Say it with me. I will do what? Everything to you that you have what? Said I would do. Now that's, that's not me speaking. That's who speaking. God. He said, I'm going to do everything that you said I would do. Now, he says, uh, he says right here, he says, your bodies will drop dead in this desert. And all of you who are at least 20 years old who were registered and listed and who complained about me will die. Now, that last statement right there, you shall fall dead in the the desert, the wilderness, guess what? That's exactly, you can read a few verses up, that's exactly what they said. They said, God brought us out here just to make us drop here in the wilderness. And what did God say? He said, I'm going to do to you everything that you said. Watch this. So if I'm talking about how nothing ever works out and everything keeps not working out, God is just doing everything that I said that He would do. Are y'all hearing me? See, this is how strong this is. This is why you need to be watching what you're speaking. So watch this. So let's flip this around. This worked for them on a negative side. But if I'm speaking, I don't care how impossible it is in a natural, but if I'm speaking what God has placed in my heart, if I'm speaking it, God's going to do what? Everything that I said He would do. Woo! Everything that I said He would do, He's going to do it for me. See, that ought to make you shout in here today. That ought to get you excited. So I don't care, watch this, I don't care one bit what kind of report you got, if they've got the, the scans or whatever, I don't care what it is. If you keep speaking life over you, and you keep speaking, I shall live and not die, and I am healed by His stripes, I was healed, and you keep speaking that, and you keep praising God about it, and you keep putting it in you, what are you going to get? Exactly what you said. Now listen to this right here. Now, how did I know that they didn't just say something at spur of the moment? So maybe they were frustrated because they seen all this enemy that they're gonna to have to come across, and they just spewed something out of their mouth. Now, how do we know that? We'll go to Numbers fourteen twenty two. Now, what's it say right here? He said, Because all those men that have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt in the wilderness, have tempted me now how many times? Ten times. So, watch this. This wasn't just a spur of the moment thing that they said, this is something that they have been reciting for how many times? Ten times they've recited this same statement. It'd been better if we'd have stayed in Egypt. We could have died in Egypt. He's going to bring us out here just to kill us in the wilderness. They kept speaking that over and over and over. Now, why would they keep saying something over and over and over? Because that was what was in their what? Heart. See, I'm trying to show you something here. That whatever's in your heart, there's faith behind it. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And when it comes out of your mouth, you're not just speaking syllables. No, you are speaking faith-creating words. And see, what had been in their heart all the trip through the wilderness is, God's just bringing us out here to kill us. How many times did they say it? Ten times. God's just bringing us out here to kill us. He's just bringing us out here to kill us. They kept reciting it. They kept reciting it. And what happens? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, what? Until God says... You release the faith on it, I'm going to do everything that you said I'd do. And guess what? Every one of them dropped dead in the wilderness. Why? Because God, no, because of their faith-filled words. The Lord is going to kill us in the wilderness. That was what they were speaking, and that is what they were, that was what they were getting. What would have happened if they'd have kept reciting, God's going to bless us with the promised land. God is going to bless us with the promised land. Praise the Lord, God has brought us to the promised land. Then God would be saying the same statement, I'm going to do everything to you that you said I would do. And He would have brought them right into the promised land two good examples Joshua and Caleb why everybody was reciting this 10 times god's going to kill us in the wilderness Joshua and Caleb was saying god has given us the promised land god has given us the promised land why because that was what was in abundance in their heart when Joshua and Caleb heard this the bible says that they rent their clothes they tore their clothes why? Because what I tell you, faith will do something about it. Amen. How many's learning something today? All right, Psalms twenty-two, three. Now, before I read this right here, I need you to see something. What I just read to you is proof of this right here. How many knows that Satan is carnal? Right? He's spiritually dead. He's he's done. He's been stripped of His anointing. So everything that He has power of is in the what? The carnal. Now watch this. Whatever He does in the carnal, He needs you to give it power in the what? The spiritual realm. How do you do that? By speaking it. Now He may throw a symptom onto you. But His objective is to give you cancer or some other type of disease. Now, it may not start off that way, but who gave it power to get to that point? You kept speaking about this. You kept dwelling about it. And what what were you doing? You were taking a carnal thing and giving it spiritual power. Are y'all hearing me? Now, so, somebody say, the devil needs me to say something. Now, let's flip it. Now say, God needs me to say something. God is what? spiritual right he said he is a spirit now does God work in the carnal no so what does he need us to do he needs us to take what is spiritual isn't that why we're here we want to take what God said in the spiritual realm and make it what carnal we want to manifest to make it flesh so he needs us to do what speak it Why? Because when you speak about spiritual things, you give it power in the... Oh, somebody hear me? You give it power in the natural realm. That's why the devil's. Shh, be quiet. Don't say nothing about it. Don't talk about how blessed you are. Don't talk about how healed you are. Don't don't say what God said. Just keep your mouth shut. And he does his best to try to get you to do that. Why? Because he knows that the more you talk about the more you're giving it power in, the, in His kingdom, in His realm. And He can't do anything about it. Now look at Psalms 22.3. It says, But you are holy, O thou that inhabitest the what? The praise of Israel. So somebody can say, He inhabits my praise. So watch this. God, what is praise? What's praise? Praise is what? Faith-filled words. Real praise is faith-filled words. So if you're really praising God, and you know, if I'm standing up here right now and I begin to really praise God, I'm talking about I'm doing it with my heart. I am releasing faith-filled words. What is that doing? What did it say? It said that God begins to what? Inhabit the praises... Are you, watch this, say it with me. The atmosphere. Do you know, watch this, do you know that your words create an atmosphere? That's what I'm going to deal with now. Your words create an atmosphere. I wish I had a better home life. What's your speech like? You, you, are, you, are you constantly saying stuff to make things hostile with your, your husband or your wife or whatever? Come on. Are you constantly talking about how things never... I knew it. I knew that wasn't going to work out. I knew that... you got to cut that junk out. Because you know what you're doing? Guess what? You're creating an atmosphere for it. Amen. You don't think that's possible? Okay. Let me read these two scriptures right here. Jeremiah 17, 14. It says, Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I will be saved. For you are my praise. So what's Jeremiah saying right here? He says, If I praise you for my healing, I will be healed. If I praise you for my salvation, I will be saved. Why? Because Deuteronomy 10. Look at Deuteronomy 10. God says, I am your praise. I am your God. Somebody say, He is my praise. He doesn't just inhabit it, He becomes it. Lord have mercy. He is my God. You have done these great, and that word terrible, don't get tripped up on that, that just means marvelous things. You have done great and marvelous things which my eyes have seen. Okay. So how many is doubting just a little bit, maybe you're doubting a little bit, that I could actually create an atmosphere with my words? Alright. I'm going to show you a multi- Billion dollar industry that is running the country as we speak. The media. The media. All right. What am I talking about? Watch this. The media, watch this. They will intentionally, intentionally say words or sentences in a certain way. to create a certain reaction. Do you know that? Sometimes it's not, watch this, sometimes it's not always what you're saying, but how you say it, right? So they will intentionally, even, watch this, even articles on Facebook, you ever click on an article, they'll have like a real uh, catchy phrase that'll pull you in, and then after you read the whole thing, you just said, I just wasted ten minutes of my time. It's nothing about what the title said. Right? But they intentionally do that. Why? To create an emotion from you. Now, at a show of hands, if there's anybody here that watches the news or whatever, stand up and tell me that after watching it or reading, you, you can get the app or whatever, after reading the app or whatever, that it does not spark in you either anger our stress, our anxiety, our fear. Nobody can stand up. Now, did you actually see anything or witness anything? Do you know the details? No. All that was created just by simple words that they've put together. How many know words are words whether they're spoken or what? Written, right? That's why the Word of God is just as powerful as God speaking, right? Alright, so watch. So, a billion dollar industry. That's why they're a billion dollar industry. is because they know the power of words. They will move you to fear just by certain words. They will move you. If they want to move you to anger, then they'll, they'll put words together in such a form to create an atmosphere of anger. Do you see that now? And so you're going to tell me that I can't create an o- my own atmosphere in my life by the words that I speak. When every single day, the media is doing exactly that in your life. God said He inhabits the praise. So ha- what, what, what can you inhabit you can inhabit what an atmosphere. You're dwelling in an atmosphere. How many's ever walked into some people talking and you could just feel the atmosphere. You don't even know what was said, but you know, oh, something's up. That's because words create an atmosphere. So watch this. I can take praise of God. I can take faith-filled words and I can create an atmosphere in my life. I choose to create an atmosphere of peace. How do I do that? By speaking words of peace. I choose to create an atmosphere of joy in my life. How do I do that? I speak words of joy. You see what I'm saying? I, I I create an atmosphere of prospering in my life. How do I do that? By speaking words of prosperity. And and beyond that, God says, I'm going to become whatever you praise me for. You praise me as your healer, I'm going to become your healer. You praise me as your provider, I'm going to do exactly that. You pray, why, why? Because let's go back to what he said. He said, I will be to you, I will do to you everything that you said I would do. So one of the best expressions of faith-filled words is what? Praise. That word, He is our praise, <clears throat> in the Hebrew is tehillah, which means to do what? To shout it. It's time some of you boldly declare what God has done in your life. Amen? Sometimes we try to be real cute. Praise the Lord, I'm healed. No, you need to be declaring, I am healed and I thank you, Lord. Sometimes you got to be bold on it because God says, I become your shouting praise. How many knows when He told uh, the Israelites to shout on that last time, the walls came what? Down. Why? Because God became their praise. Glory to God. Alright. So let's deal with this right now. And if somebody wants to come on up and play or put some music on or whatever. When we declare faith-filled words, we are reciting what God has and is going to do in our lives. So you watch this right here. When you speak... Words of faith. When you speak words of faith, you are reciting what God is going to do in your life. Now how do I know God's going to do this? All i got to do is speak it. Amen? Speak what? What I believe. Now watch this. Listen to me. As I said last week, if you need faith to believe for your healing or your your miracle or whatever it is, how do you do that? You put it in your heart. Whatever's in abundance is going to come out of your mouth. So if all you're putting in your heart is Scripture and words of health, that's all you're putting in, that's all you're putting in, bless God, that's what's going to come out of your mouth. And you are reciting what what God is going to do. So let me say this one more time. Faith-filled words are praise is reciting what God is going to do. When Jehoshaphat sent everybody out to battle and they sent the praisers ahead of the army, what were they praising? Bless the Lord God for he, His faithful love endures forever. They were shouting victory. And you know what they received? Defeat. No. You know what they received? Victory. Mm. Stand to your feet today. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Prophetic Faith, the podcast edition. For partnering information or for prayer requests, you can go to our website at www.exceleratefaith.org. Or you may email us at yahoo.com. And just remember, one word from God can change anything.